You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped, and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world. I want to talk about, for a few moments, the posture of a disciple. And we can talk about the price, the prerequisites, or the performance of a disciple. But I think the one thing that marks a disciple more than any of those things is the posture. The posture, the disposition, the outlook, the attitude, the way in which we approach our faith, the way in which we approach God. You know, when Jesus said, follow me, he said, come to me, come after me. The issue is not our willingness just to go to church, go to Connects, go to Global Prayer Night. Our willingness is not just the fact that we perform, that we tick off the prerequisites or we pay a price. The issue is the posture. See, God wants us to give, but he says, I want you to give cheerfully. The posture is cheerfulness, not just the act of giving. And so really, when I look at the posture of discipleship, this is not an exhaustive list, but I want to talk about three things that I think describe the posture of a disciple. And this is three things that we need to constantly reevaluate and re-examine in our life. Number one, simplicity. Simplicity. We are to come simply before God, to come simply or humbly. Matthew eleven twenty five says, The Lord has hidden it from the prudent and revealed it to the childlike. You know, Jesus was thanking the Father, said, Thank you, Lord, that you haven't given it to the wise and the clever and those who pretend to know it all, but you've revealed it to the babes. You've revealed it to the childlike. And what that speaks of is that you do not need to be young in age because childlike does not speak to... Um, an age, it speaks to the condition of the heart, speaks to the tenderness of heart. And the older we get, the harder it is to fight for simplicity. And why is simplicity so vital as a posture of a disciple? Because we are in an upside down kingdom. This kingdom, this gospel, this this journey of faith is literally contrary to the way the world works. You know, you want to receive, you give. You want to, you want to live, you got to lay down your life. You want to, uh, bless someone else, you've got to be willing to forgive them uh, and your enemy and your neighbor and your friend and your family. Everything that is counterintuitive to how we would naturally react, guess what? Jesus says, well, you heard it was an eye for an eye, but now I say to you, you heard it was this and now I say that. And there's so much in the kingdom that when you process, you're like, man, this is so hard to understand. And that's exactly the point. Adults complicate matters. Children just receive. Children just believe. And we need to come simply. We need to come with a tenderness. We need to come. That's why the Pharisees struggled. That's why the rich young rulers struggled. That's why often we can get so uh, complex in our thinking and our understanding. We want answers to every question. And we just got to come to the word simply. Come to Jesus simply. Come to him humbly. Simplicity and childlikeness is a value that we need to go after because you see he never told a bunch of children to grow up and be mature like their parents but he did tell a bunch of adults that unless you become like a little child you cannot enter the kingdom the posture of discipleship is to come and just say god i don't understand it but i just believe it see one of the marks that simplicity starts to erode in our life even you know you might have read all the testimonies and hear the stories and go i don't know and your heart becomes a little cynical becomes a bit hard becomes a bit numb when that starts to happen you've lost the simplicity of the childlikeness that actually qualifies you to enter the kingdom you've lost the simplicity that actually allows you to embrace and receive what god wants to do Uh, simplicity is something that it does not mean you need to be unintelligent or uneducated you know you could have a 25 year old person who's complex in every way and literally 
has barriers to the kingdom, you can have a 70-year-old who's actually simple at heart. And we need to pursue simplicity. We need to say, God, make me childlike. The centurion, a centurion soul, the, the, the centurion in, in Matthew chapter 8, he, he had a hundred soldiers under him. That's why he's a centurion. Centurion means a hundred. And he, had, he was a leader over a hundred. And yet he was simple enough in his faith that when Jesus said, go your way, the servant, your, your servant is healed. That very hour, he just simply followed. There, there's a simplicity to just saying, okay, Lord, you said forgive, I'll forgive. You said give, I'll give. You said serve, I'll serve. You said uh, commit, I'll commit. And, and there's a simplicity around that that actually qualifies you and I, that describes the posture of a disciple. The second thing that I want to uh, really highlight as a posture of a disciple is vulnerability. Vulnerability. We're to come simply, we're to come vulnerably. Vulnerability, and I want to distinguish vulnerability from authenticity. Authentic in our lifestyle is a starting point. To be authentic simply means I don't pretend to be someone else. But to be vulnerable goes a step further and says, I'm not only not pretending to be someone else, I'm going to show you who I really am. And the more you reveal about yourself, your vulnerability is so vital to your discipleship because there is something about vulnerability that attracts God. There's something about vulnerability that attracts people. Vulnerability is not bleeding on everybody everywhere. Vulnerability is being honest and open about what the real issue is. Because God will heal what you reveal. Often when we come to God and we act like we've got it all together, He just looks and He'll smile and that'll be all we receive because we're not willing to be vulnerable. You could work with someone your whole life and never know them well because at the end of the day, the depth of any relationship is not measured by proximity but by vulnerability. You can be in a marriage and not be vulnerable and that marriage is not strong. Your strength of any relationship is very much connected to your vulnerability. Vulnerability requires us to humble ourselves. It requires us to not have pride. You know, and, and vulnerability means we've got to call it for what it is. I love the story of blind Bartimaeus for a number of reasons. And one of the reasons is when Jesus looks at him and says, what do you want? Everyone knows what he needs, but Jesus didn't ask him what does he need. He asked him what does he want? And at that moment, Bartimaeus had a choice as to whether to be vulnerable or just do the church thing. He could have said, well, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm good, you know. Uh, well, I've got some emotional trauma because I can't tend to, you know, people, I feel like rejected by people. They don't see what I see. And, and Jesus may have said, okay, is that you need? And, you know, giving him a hug. You know, he might have said, I'm having financial stress because, um, you know, the, uh, the, there's a lot of challenges in terms of me living with my expenses and God would have given him some money. But because he got to the real issue, he said, I'm blind. Jesus said, now you can see. Jesus will heal what you reveal. If, if you say to the doctor, this is all my symptoms, he'll only treat what you tell him. There's something about coming to God vulnerably that is the posture of a disciple. Do you know, rather than saying, God, I'm just cautious. Say, no, God, I, I struggle to believe. Call it what it is and God will help you with your unbelief. Say, Don't say, God, I'm just shy. Say, Lord, I, I just need courage. I, I'm struggling with the fear of man. I care what people think, so I don't kneel, so I don't respond. Or don't say, God, this is just a weakness. Say, no, God, this is a sin. When you call it what it is, it's a sign of vulnerability. And you depart from discipleship when you depart from vulnerability. You depart from any form of depth whenever you depart from vulnerability. Vulnerability is the willingness to be totally honest, more than authentic. Authentic is absolutely a given. I'm not pretending 
pretending to be someone else, but I'm choosing to be vulnerable. Even now, even today, even at church, anyone who has a need, lift up your hand. We're like, oh, I don't want to lift up my hand. People will think I have a problem. I'm a leader. I'm, you know, we got to learn to just lay all that down and come simply and come vulnerably. One of my favorite miracles in the scriptures is when Jesus heals the man with a withered hand. The Bible talks about a man who was in a synagogue and he had one good hand and one withered hand. And Jesus looks at him and says, stretch out your hand, but does not tell him which hand to stretch out. Most of us would come around and naturally put out the good hand because we don't really want people to see the ugliness of what's going on inside our life. And yet something in the eyes of Jesus must have given him the confidence to say, you know what, I'm not just going to do what I normally do. I'm going to be vulnerable enough to stretch out the ugliness of what's inside of me. And as he did, his hand got healed. It is only my theory, but that if he had stretched out his good hand, as most of us would tend to do just as a matter of course, he might have gone home that day with a good hand and a withered hand. But because he responded to the invitation of Christ with vulnerability, he left with two healed hands. See, God will heal what you reveal. You, you show him the good stuff, he just shakes it. He said, I didn't come for the well, I came for the sick. But if you pretend you're well when you are sick, you leave sick pretending you're well. And that is not just inauthentic, it's a lack of vulnerability. If you said yes to following Christ at any point in your life, and you've departed from vulnerability, you're not, you are not following Christ, a persona maybe, a, a discipline maybe, a routine maybe, but there's a demand for vulnerability that literally brings to the surface that which God can then deal with. I think Judas might have struggled with greed, but maybe he, he just kept it so within himself and everyone thought man Judas is such a legend he's got the money Jesus must really trust him well he didn't turn out well that way whereas you know James and John they had issues but they let it come to the surface I'm the greatest no I'm the greatest no I'm the greatest you know there's something about being vulnerable that allows Jesus to then deal with it said no 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 stop arguing about that let's get rid of that and there's something about real change that only happens when vulnerability is displayed Vulnerability. It's my willingness to show you more of myself. You know when you go to connect groups, you just sit there and go, do you have anything to say? No, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Or is there a vulnerability? Because you can get involved in Christian routine your entire life and never change, never get a breakthrough, never see what God really wants to do because we're always coming with complexity and we're coming with even, you know, it's not just simplicity. Simplicity says, I believe God for what he says. Vulnerability means I'll show you for where I'm really at. And, you know, we need to fight for these postures. We need to continue to maintain that. And, you know, even in this online world, this world where now because of pandemics and because of crisis, we're now watching screens and now we're listening. Do we come simply, do we come vulnerably or do we come, well, I'll just listen to what he has to say. I'll listen to the songs. And what happens is the posture of a disciple is lost. The activity of a disciple is still happening, but the posture is lost. And when the posture is lost, we actually lose the value that comes from actually following Christ. And the third one I want to talk about finally uh, for today is expectancy come simply come vulnerably come expectantly let's talk about expectancy expectancy is the faith it's the hunger it's the it's it's the access you know when you come to God when you come to his word when you come where his presence is come with expectation expectation is like the access card that gives you that, get, that brings into your life that which God has stored up in your account. 
You know, you could have a lot of money in your bank account and when you have a PIN card and you put that in, that's how you access that and you get into your possession. Expectation or expectancy is like that PIN card. It's like that bank card that you have to actually put in. And when you don't have that bank card, you might have a million dollars in your bank account and you will live like a pauper. You might live poor, not because God doesn't have promises in store, not because there's not stuff in your account, but because we don't live with it in our possession. And the thing that brings it down from that realm into your hand is expectation. When you come into church, do you come with expectation? When you come to Connect, do you come with expectation? When you log on to Global Prayer Night, are you praying with expectation? There's stunning stories and testimonies and miracles, but without the card, to access into your reality what God has already placed in your possession, you will leave dry, hungry, and unsatisfied because the key, even though you're in the room, is you're missing the access card of expectation. You know, recently, I, uh, my youngest son, I was, we drove home after a game that he was playing in, and uh, he asked if we could go through, uh, go to McDonald's drive-thru. So I, you know, I'm mom gives him what he needs dad gives him what he wants and so basically i said let's go and so we, we and as we pulled into the drive through it was a long line because mcdonald's always has a long line and uh just as i pulled into the line and waiting behind three or four cars um i realized i didn't bring my wallet didn't bring my my wallet at all and i don't have my card on my phone and so i'm thinking oh man i better pull out as just as about to pull out another car locks me in so now i'm stuck in the drive through with no access card, no ATM card, no bank card, no, no cash, no wallet. And I am like, wow, all right. So I explained to my son what the situation is. And he uh, looks at me a little strange going, don't you have money? I said, yeah, I do have money. He says, well, then use it. I said, no, but that's the point. I can't because I don't have my card. And he goes, but you have money. I said, yes, but then why don't you use, and I, you know, we went over that a couple of times, and sure enough, we went through the embarrassing ritual of driving through the drive-thru with nothing to order or nothing to say because I had nothing to access it with, and so literally, I wind the window down, and the, you know, you try and explain through the speaker what you want, and that was just a futile exercise, and then, you know, we went through, and we smiled, and then, you know, we waved, and it's like we went through the motion of the entire drive-thru experience, and we left with nothing. So many of us, that's how we come to church. So many of us, that's how we go to connect groups. So many of us, that's how we come to church at home or even online. We go through the drive-through. We go through the ritual. We go through the motion. We spend the energy. We spend the time. We sp but, but yet we leave with nothing. Was there food? Yes, there was a whole lot of food available. Did I have money? Yes, I did have money. But what did I not have? access when you come into the presence of God without expectation you're missing the thing that actually brings God's reality into your reality and I want to encourage us in this whole idea of a posture of a disciple let's make sure when we come before God even in this season it's October we're soon it's going to be November then December and how long more can this pandemic last and God what else is going to happen this year listen let's never lose the posture of a disciple you can go through hard times you can go through high and low times sometimes you might fail sometimes you might succeed but never lose the the simplicity the vulnerability and the expectancy that actually brings this thing into your world the, the the disciples who followed simply believed him at his word the disciples that followed vulnerably drew God's loving kindness into their weakness and the disciples that followed him with expectation are the ones that got the miracles you know pride prestige position can, can stop us from being simple and vulnerable. Maybe disappointment and even familiarity can stop us from expectation. Oh, I've been here, done that. 
heard this before. See, Jesus' hometown received not many miracles because there was no expectancy, because there was a familiarity. There was a routine. There was just a rhythm to, well, this is what happens. There were people who approached him, and because the Pharisees were rarely vulnerable, they were more concerned about everyone else's problem because they were so, had such a, such a fear of man issue. Here's my prayer for all of us today, that whatever you are going through, it doesn't matter whether you're flying in this season and everything is going brilliantly, or whether you're really wrestling or struggling, the posture of a disciple remains the same in either situation. We come simply, we come vulnerably, and we come expectantly. You know, we sang the song earlier, thank you Jesus, just as I am, I come. Just as I am, I come. That's vulnerably. We sang a global prayer night, do it again. You, 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 you've done it before, you can do it again. There, there's an expectation, Lord, that, that, that I, I want you to, to come through for me. I'm believing you. I, I, I approach you with a absolute now faith that even now you can do something and there's the simple childlike trust to say god whatever you say if you you said it it settles it help me never to get cynical complicated confused because at the minute i do that i might be going through the drive-through and engaging in the activity and i even have a christian name and i have a christian card but i leave the same every time i come because i've lost the posture of a disciple I want us to pray. And as we pray, can you come simply? Can you come vulnerably? Can you come with expectation? And maybe what I'm praying for today is not so much a resolution to your situation. Because God actually wants to change you. He's not just looking to change the circumstances around you. And today, let's believe that the chiropractor, the divine chiropractor, will shift our posture Father, we humble ourselves before you. Holy Spirit, we honor you even now. With expectation in our hearts. Lord, I thank you, God, that you are tearing down the walls. You already tore the veil. But Father, we pray that we would proactively choose the posture of discipleship. You give us a grace to come before you simply vulnerably and with expectancy grace to come as a child grace to come without the pride or the fear of man ever clouding what you are doing or saying and god always believing there are people today right now i just sense that, that you've got great disappointment which has really killed your expectancy you had expectation but then the weariness of life and what you think is the lack of breakthrough has now dulled your expectation. And today, God wants to reignite that. He wants to reignite that. He wants to reignite that. You know, there's a childlikeness that God is going to restore today to so many who want it. I don't know if you've ever thought this through. I just see, the, I see a picture of a child. And, and a child, even when they don't get what they want, they don't tend to lose expectancy. They come back the next time with the same demands. I can only speak from my own experience with my own children. But when, when, when a child knows who their father is, even when they don't get what they want, they never lose expectancy. Some of us have lost expectancy because we didn't get what we want. And the Lord today wants to restore that. And he wants to restore that simply by you and I becoming vulnerable enough to admit it. 
God, you did answer my prayer. You didn't do what I want, so I'm not going to be expectant. Father, we humble ourselves. In fact, if that's you, I want you just to lift your hands. You can, you can kneel. You can respond in some simple, vulnerable way. Father, right across the world right now, I pray for those in Africa. I pray for those in Asia. I pray for those in Europe. I pray for those right across the cities of the world. I pray for those in Australia. I pray for those that are literally even now in a place that they have recognized your word and as you shined your light gently, they have responded authentically and vulnerably. Father, I thank you that the fear of man would just be broken in our church, would be broken in our lives. Arrogance and pride would never be found in the culture of our house. And God, there would always be faith for the miraculous. There would always be faith that if you did it before, you can do it again. Father, I'm praying right now that not one person under the sound of my voice would leave with a deformed posture, but like the woman who was bent over and you healed her, you would heal the posture of your children today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that He loves you very much so much that he died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm not right with you and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at testimony at kingdomcity.com.